Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Well, the Seahawks will go into week two of the preseason coming up this weekend, visiting the LA Chargers. And we're back, Game Plan Podcast. He's Brian Perkins. I'm Judah Newby as we're uh, hurtling forward to week one of the regular season. Are we getting tired about talking preseason yet, or are we not there yet? Yeah, I was just thinking, I'm pretty fed up with it already. And it's only, we're not even in game two yet. Yeah. Because it's basically, you you can't really judge anything from one game, right? I mean, outside of the fact that Wilson looked good and fast and healthy and all those things, the offensive line didn't look abysmal, you know? But once again, it's like they play a quarter. This game they'll play, what, a quarter, probably. Mm-hmm. Week three is usually pretty interesting because they at least play a half, typically, the starters. But, yeah, man, I I really, the preseason to me, I know that the Seahawks have a lot of players in transition, so it creates some storylines. It's still just, can we get to the regular season? Can we get this thing going? Yeah, I agree. A few things to talk about. One, the uh, health of Rashad Penny. Two, a signing of a veteran linebacker. And I want to talk about the defense as a whole. And uh, three, just objectives we want to see throughout the rest of the preseason, starting with Rashad Penny. So it turns out reports from Bob Kendota and Adam Schefter a couple of days ago disclosed the fact that Penny has a broken finger that he sustained in uh, the first preseason game. And he has to get surgery for it, and he's going back to Philadelphia to get this surgery. It already the first preseason game didn't go super well from a stat perspective for Penny, and the the narrative around this guy early is not exactly one of optimism. It doesn't hurt or it doesn't help to uh, have an injury at this time of the year for a guy like that. The good news is Carson looked really good, right, in the preseason game, yeah. and, and you know, assuming he can stay healthy. He seems like a viable option for them out of the gate. I almost like Carson more anyway. As as it stands right now, I would agree with that. I don't want to have that opinion because Penny was drafted 27th overall. But is it the worst thing if Carson's the one and your first round pick is running with the twos? I mean, I don't think so. First of all, you got to put the, I mean, and Pete Pete Carroll lives by this mantra, right? They always compete mantra. You have to put the best player out there, regardless of where he was drafted, which is, you know, you look at what Russell Wilson did after they pay Matt Flynn to come in in free agency. This is no different. You you have to put the most talented player out there, and Carson looks to be most comfortable, which makes sense. He's been with the system for a year. He understands what Seattle's all about. And unfortunately for Penny, I think that these types of injuries are real setbacks for players. This time of year, especially rookies. Injuries in general? Injuries in general. but but Finger injuries? But for rookies... The type of injury that that sidelines you basically for the rest of the preseason is, I I think it's kind of a big deal because it yeah. does take. I'm, we're going to do a lot of San Diego Ron Burgundy quotes. It's kind of a big deal um, because you look at the time that he has to acclimate to the Seahawks system, get comfortable behind the offensive line, to work with the first team offense. He doesn't really have those opportunities now, and I do think that's a big deal. You know, yeah. you look at. I actually hearken back to. Different sport, but C.J. McCollum's rookie year, he gets injured preseason, and it took him a while to get into the swing of things, even though he started his rookie season late anyway because that injury extended further. And I do worry about that with Penny. And fortunately, assuming he can stay healthy, you do have your number one guy anyway. But 
you know, it's definitely when I read that news, I cringed big time. Well, yeah, I mean, you want him to get the reps so that he's comfortable by week one and not feeling things out by that week one. And now he's he's not going to be comfortable with anything maybe all year being a rookie. And that's that's a tough situation to be at. At the very least, you want a rookie to get in there and just get reps. Make, yeah. Make mistakes and recover, make mistakes and recover, make mistakes and recover and then be ready. And now he's not even going to have the chance to to attempt to make mistakes. He's not going to be on the field, which also sucks because of this. We know that he has, well, how should I put this? He's not a three-down back because of his pass blocking deficiencies. But he could be a three-down back because he has receiving abilities. Yeah. Um, and you want to kind of see what you have there. You can't catch the football, though, with a broken finger. You can't pass block with a broken finger. So even the the two areas where you want to see him either improve or prove himself, pass catching on third down and pass blocking on third down, you're not going to get a chance to see with, with this kind of an injury. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And it's kind of a negative start to the podcast today, but it it's it's frustrating, man. It's it really is. And it's I feel bad for him because now he's and and with the Seahawks more so than any other season. And we talked about this a bit last year as well. The room for error and the margin for error is so thin now with this team that that having a guy that isn't one hundred percent comfortable out there is not a is not a good thing in the right. regular season. When you know you look at their schedule and you never know how good teams are going to be, but you kind of look at these games and none of them really seem like slam dunks, and that's just tough because you know he might not have a oh I'm playing with house money because you know we're up by two touchdowns type of reps in a football game in the regular season. We'll have to see. But at least they have Procise. You know, he's going to be healthy and in the lineup so they've plenty of depth at running back for the Seahawks. I'm not going to lie, Brian. This smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Whammy. <laughs> you know, Procise, hopefully he can stay healthy cuz he's missed like the last two seasons with injury. Because he can be an asset when he is healthy. We, we've talked about that forever. But, you know, this is a make-or-break preseason for him, too. And he missed the first game by getting hurt in warm-ups. He's going to have a chance to play in this second game. I don't know, Perkins. I think ProSize has to make an impact in weeks two and three of the preseason if he's going to make this team. It's gotten to that point, which is tough to say because we know the dude has potential, but he cannot stay on the field. What does he have to do to prove himself worthy to be on this team. We've seen him do it in the regular season before when he's healthy. I mean, we both talk about the New England game from a couple years ago and how important of a piece he was in that game. And that running between the tackles, too, as well as his perimeter threat. But, man, if the dude's not healthy, there's not a spot for him. I'm sorry. How many running backs are the Seahawks going to hold this year? Well, Four? They have to hold four. Because there's, there's a chance that they have six on the roster right now. Is that right? Penny and, and Procise and, and Carson, McKissick and Mike Davis. There's probably one more in there. Yeah, they're probably, you know, some but, guy for the 90 man. But those guys you just mentioned, and you and I were talking about this a bit before the pod, that that it, it almost seemed like, oh, yeah, Procise will be back and this will be a make or break year for him or something. But then you break it down. And McKissick had some nice runs last season, right? He had some nice run on the field, what I mean yeah. by that. He made plays. Um, he made plays. Yeah. And a guy that I, I, there was, you know, he kind of made the roster a bit controversially last year, if you remember, to start the year. He, he won out over some other guys, but he really proved his worth in Seattle. And he's more stable than a guy like Procise. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Seahawks and Procise gets injured again in warmups, before week one, you know, strains his hip flexor, I think it was, uh, before game one. He's finally out. He's he's practicing this today, you know, fully in practice for the first time right. since that injury. 
But if you're Seattle, I don't know how you keep him on the roster. And honestly, I don't I honestly don't think even if he stays healthy through the next three preseason games, how he stays on the roster. Well, the talent's there, but but if he's healthy, then the talent has to execute, right? Like he's got to score a couple of touchdowns or show show some some flash. Yeah, and he's and dangerous. Like, that's right. He's dangerous for sure. Yeah. He's had he's when healthy, he's definitely had his moments in the league. But I don't know at this point how he can prove to the team that he can remain healthy without just doing it. And I just don't see that you can prove that within the next three weeks and make a case to make the roster. I don't know. Given, it's gonna be tough. given that both are healthy, what would you say, Carson Penny? McKissick or Carson Penny Procise, if you only had to pick three? I would go McKissick. Well, okay. Well, assuming they never get injured or just they're healthy they're healthy as assuming, it stands. No, assume, assuming that, because uh, you, you know it's going to be Carson Penny. So yeah. I'm taking, if, if, if it's a three running back system that Seattle goes with, would you rather have at full health McKissick or at full health Procise? Well, going I think, going I think into week Procise one. Procise is a more talented player. I think so too. But... I, you know, just because he's healthy going into week one doesn't mean anything because what we've seen in the past is. But McKissick I mean, on the practice squad and have say, be ready. Yeah, but another team can snag him then. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. And McKissick showed flashes last year. I think that he would get picked up. I, he would. I, he would. I mean, just like Alex Collins to Baltimore and all of a sudden he's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, in my opinion, I think you have to keep McKissick and I don't think ProSize makes the roster. I really don't. Yeah, that's that's probably what it's looking like. Meanwhile, on the outside, I've been reading uh, some live tweets from uh, Greg Bell. Shout out Brandon Marshall doing really well in uh, training camp, including another touchdown catch today. And look, I mean, he's he's playing well early, and uh, I didn't really see him do much in week one of the preseason. I don't know if he even played that game. I don't remember but seeing him on the field. I need to see him in this preseason at some point just so I can lay my eyes on this guy because <laughs> we all know what Brandon Marshall is capable of and what he's done in his veteran career. But at 34 years old, does he have anything in the tank? The reports in practice right now are not only yes, but he could start and be like the number two guy on the outside. But I mean, Seattle needs a guy on the outside. I don't want Tyler Lockett starting on the outside. I love T-Lock on the inside. I love Doug Baldwin on the inside. You know, but uh, to have a guy like Brandon Marshall, if he's like 70% of the B Marsh from Chicago, that's still a decent receiver on the outside. And Marshall, I guarantee you, really wants to make this roster, not only to make money, but to play with the best quarterback he will have played with in his career. Yeah. By far. <laughs> I mean, when you think about the career, that that's actually one of the more impressive things about Brandon Marshall's career is that he has played with some really god-awful quarterbacks and put up some great numbers mm-hmm. on those I mean, teams. Cutler was at his peak when he had Marshall and Jeffrey, and I he think was. Cutler was a good quarterback. He was a top-ten quarterback then, but Russell Wilson's always been better. Yeah, and you have to wonder how much of that was was Marshall and Jeffrey making him better too so yeah. i mean yeah I'm, that's all i'm saying you but know. every new receiver has to build a new connection with the new quarterback too yeah. like you can't just but i mean that being said it sounds like reports from training camp early are pretty good yeah grain of salt so i know something to keep an eye i mean he's old for a receiver i mean he really is yeah. and you know okay he, yeah he looks good now what about week six what about week eight what about four weeks after the bye week and you've had no rest and you know, I mean, that's kind of what I think about long term. I I don't know. I did when they signed him. I was like, oh yeah, he'll not gonna he's not gonna make the fifty three man. That was a yeah two million dollar deal. Yeah, we we you and I were both kind of like, oh, that's a, a big name. Like when they brought in Terrell Owens, right? Didn't they bring him in one training camp? Training camp, yeah. 
speaking of old, uh, the Seahawks <laughs> picked up Eric Walden, and uh, that is a segue, folks, to, to bolster up the uh, the linebacking crew. Eric Walden entering his tenth season in the NFL. He's going to turn thirty three next week. He's going to be thirty three years old next week before the start of week one. This is a guy that you know had some production, Bergens, as you were pointing out off the air, eleven sacks as a member of the Colts back in twenty sixteen. Four sacks with the Titans last year. He's played, look, I mean, longevity-wise, he's there. He's played at least 15 games every season going back to 2011 with the Packers. So so at least, you know, you've got some reliable depth there from a, from a health standpoint. And he's produced, you know, 15 sacks in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see him in this preseason game, but he's had a few product, really productive seasons. And, you know, he's a guy, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, really – the, the value there is he can rush the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and that's you, you see that with the numbers he's put up. But, you know, now you're hearing Deion Jordan with the uh, I don't know. What are they calling it? Like stress on his leg or some weird thing like that. They're not sure if he's going to be ready week one. And remember, this is a guy that's that wasn't able to play for the first half of last season. Right. Uh, so, I mean, boy, that defensive line already loses so many guys. And, and of and course, now, the Malik McDowell departure officially, yep. which was like ripping off a Band-Aid. I mean, the worst Band-Aid ever. Like, that that hurts, man. Just Big time. Whiff. For, so I feel for him, too. Right I mean, out I just, the window. I really feel for him, too. You know, uh, a lot of fans were really giving him shit, and I... I just feel bad for him. It's like... Yeah, I feel bad for him, too. I, I do go, think he made mistakes, but yeah. you can feel bad for a guy that made mistakes, too. I mean, we've all made mistakes. It's just uh, the amount of dumb crap I've done in my life that could have resulted in a much worse situation right. than it did. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you're the bird. Which sometimes you're the statue. Y- you forget about all those because it didn't result in like sharp consequences. Yeah. But it did in this case, and it's the worst kind for Malik McDowell. So best of uh, best of luck to Malik to hopefully get himself back on track and hopefully healthy and maybe in the NFL one day. But for the from the Seahawks' perspective, you're right. That really hurts because he was supposed to be kind of you know one of those guys of the future, right? To give you depth. On that offensive line, when you have a couple of defensive guys, line, yeah. defensive line, excuse me, when you in have the two middle, guys aging yeah. out, yeah, oh, man, so and that would have been big. It would have, and now, now it's putting a lot on Rasheem Green, who had two sacks in the preseason opener. But you're you're asking him to do stuff now. You're asking a lot of rookies defensively to to step up and play well for Seattle. So yeah, I mean, I think that this is a good signing for them from that perspective. You have a guy that has experience, that has you know a history of success in the NFL. You know, once you're kind of in your third. By the way, do you think football players celebrate their birthdays past thirty? Like, is he happy? celebrate their birthdays? Is he happy that he's turning thirty three, or is he like, damn, one year closer to retirement? Oh yeah, I'm sure it's the latter. I mean, I don't know any football player that likes getting old. Yeah, you know what I mean. That like, because yeah. we always look at it's never oh, happy birthday. It's never like no solemn birthday to you, my friend. Sad birthday, Eric Weldon. <laughs> sad birthday. Let's all give you a thumbs down. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag angry face emoji. <laughs> Uh, we'll wrap it up there. We gotta also take a look at some teams around the division maybe next week and and see what the outlook is is on them because obviously the stock is high on the Rams and the Giants or the uh, the Forty uh, ers Wrong sport. <laughs> Although the stock is high on the Giants as well. I don't the uh, New York Giants. A lot of people thinking that they can be a playoff team with that talent. Saquad Barkley. Yeah, Saquad. The Saquad guy. He's, he, what, he strained his hamstring? Yeah, yeah. Dude, a lot of rookie running backs dealing with injuries. Obviously, Penny, you got Saquon, you got Geis that goes down. I mean, that's that's tough. And we got to talk uh, some fantasy maybe along the way. Sprinkle it in. 
best Seahawks fantasy prospects? I mean, it's the Q. Traditionally, there aren't there haven't been very many great Seahawks fantasy uh, players no. in this offense. We could probably go back and try to find the, the last great offensive fantasy. It has here. to be Marshawn Lynch in one of those peak seasons. I think it was the uh, 2015 because wasn't that the second half when Wilson and Baldwin Went were like nuts. on fire yeah, yeah. and Lynch was still a decent fantasy player that year? Maybe. Yeah. Can't yeah. remember. P. Rich was P. Rich made himself fantasy relevant. And that that was pretty good. Yeah. Now, now, he's in now he has Alex Smith tossing him the, you uh, see, the football. Jalen uh, Ramsey's comments. <laughs> this was great. I didn't see all the quarterbacks he named. He only called he called Russell Wilson good. Um and he called like two thirds of the league out on uh including in Matt his Ryan. GQ magazine. He said Matt Ryan was overrated. He called Josh Allen, some poor rookie, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, he's trash. <laughs> Josh Allen's like, what the and, hell, man? Uh, the ultimate compliment to Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers saying, quote, they don't suck. Ramsey, you know, it's great. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is a phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. He's a great player. Um, he has a little Richard Sherman in him. Well, here's the thing. Richard Sherman got despised for saying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ramsey's getting praised. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've seen a little bit of both from... From the fans, a lot of people are saying like win something before you, before you start talking trash. To be fair, when Richard Sherman did the whole "you mad bro" at Tom Brady, they hadn't done anything yet. That was twenty twelve. That was twenty twelve. I mean, <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. What but, a game, by the way. Love that game, man. That was one of those games where you just went in. I was like, short sleeve Russell back in the day. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, they're yeah, they're not winning that game, right? Like, yeah. no one thought they were going to win. Sidney Rice coming up big with a few catches. Oh man, pretty sure Braylon Edwards. Zach was on Miller that had team. a couple uh, tuds Braylon, in that game too. Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards. <laughs> it's weird to think that those guys were on the really good Seahawks roster, like the like, like 2012. Right? Yeah, I mean they were. I mean, it was a good team. Yeah. Seattle was a really good team. You know, I mean they were especially at the end of the year. I mean yeah. they were. They went into Chicago and one won. One freaking field goal stop away from who knows what. They played so well that game. Well, offensively, they played really well in that second half. Yeah, I wouldn't say that <laughs> whole game. Not in that whole game. Man, yeah, that's a remember 20, when segment. 20 to nothing. We got to bring back the remember when. Yeah, it just kind of hurts, you know, because there's a lot of happy I, memories, but there's a lot of sad man, ones. I, yeah, I reminisce, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, 49. Yep. We won one. It's true. One. We can't forget about that. One. Hey. It's more than... One of the greatest defensive groups of all time. It's as many as Aaron Rodgers has. That's true. Let's go get some more. (laughs) Let's go. Jeez. All right. (laughs) This is the Game Plan Podcast. We'll see you next week.